I always used to give Owen Sheehan a good bit of grief for his power rankings. They aren't easy, Will. As a group, as players, we have not done one minute of video analysis of any team this year. The Club Championship Show. Subscribe to the GEA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Guillaume Balaga joins us. Guillaume, good morning to you. How are you? Morning. I'm okay. We um, The bit that you missed there while we were setting you up on, on Zoom was uh, we were actually going through a penalty shootout that Spain won in the round of last 16 just to torment ourselves here in Ireland. It's the only time that you've won a penalty shootout in the World Cup and it happened to be against us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the bad uh, stats accumulate. Do you know how many games we won since 2010? Just uh, We've been in three World Cups since. Have a guess. How many games we won since 2010 in that World Cup? Jesus. No, it's no, in the knockout stages? The three. Or generally? No, no. In group stages, knockout stages. Just, just three. Yeah. Just three. Against Iran, Australia and Costa Rica. So uh, I'm starting to think that 2010 was the exception to the rule that actually we're not we're not that good when it comes to uh, the World Cup. And yet it all started so brilliantly with the best young players in the world announcing themselves on the global stage, and it felt like it was going to be a month of those teenage and just out of teen tyros. Where did the great form of the opening match? Where how did that dissipate? Um, it, it, it may have felt to you that the, that was the beginning of a great journey. It didn't feel to me at all. Uh, and there was not much trepidation in Spain with this team either. Uh, the fact that Gabi was um, considered one of the best youngsters in the world is something that uh, surprised me a little bit. Because, yes, he's very busy and uh, takes, you know, still possession and does a lot of other things. But but he's not at the level of Musiala or, or Bellingham or Pedri. Pedri, yes. But generally, it just felt like we were trying to reproduce an idea that was successful in 2010 because of the players we had. Yes, because of the idea as well, but especially because of the players we had. And as the, the tournament progressed, what was happening is that we were, we were actually uh, losing power. <laughs> Um, so we scored the first goal against Costa Rica and scored six more. We scored the first goal against Germany, but we could have lost that game. It was a draw. And um, we scored the first goal against Japan and lost the game. And we couldn't score one single goal against Morocco in 130 minutes of time, if you count the injury time. So along the way, you could see why uh, it was never going to happen in this World Cup. Uh, and and there is a there's a long list of things that I can just uh, I've got it, I've got it in my head. So whatever you wanted, I put them out there. Yeah, go on. Tell us tell us what those long list of things are. We, we don't have a striker. We decide not to have a striker to actually hold the ball when we are under pressure, or to you know that can finish crosses. So we we didn't put crosses in. We don't shoot from outside the box. Our tempo, our rhythm, which is such an important thing for a style like ours, one to touch football is what it should be, moving the ball around from side to side quickly to create spaces. None of that was happening. Physically, we are weaker than most oppositions. We're not very pacey up front either. Um, we had to put a centre midfield as a centre back, and actually that didn't work too bad with Rodri, but, but in any case, uh, we used the same midfield all along when you could see, as I said, that we were 
not controlling. We had possession, but weren't controlling what was happening on the pitch. We we don't, we're not very good at set pieces. We didn't we didn't have alternatives when things didn't work our way, and we knew we always knew we were going to suffer against Japan or against Morocco, those teams that defend not very low, but in the middle of the park with lines very close together with no intention of having the ball. We always knew we were going to suffer against that. What is the alternative to that? There was none. And we had a, a manager that personally, I think, is growing on me and on everybody else with Twitch and uh, and his conversations on Twitch and, and just generally because he does uh, this thing which is very useful right now, which is that he doesn't give too much importance to things. This is a football, this is a game. Football is just a game. I'm happy with that, no problem. But of course, uh, he also had this uh, fundamentalist way of doing things. It's his way or no way, which meant that he he fitted in the squad players that weren't the best, but were the one the best for his idea. Which meant that we had to leave home some players that that have been shining in recent months and would have offered something different. So okay, we tried that now. It worked well in the European Championships, you have to say. In the Nations League, is working well as well. But for whatever reason, and that's where we all have to, you know, add in this debate, for whatever reason, in the World Cup, it's just failure after failure, continuing with the same idea. Is this idea obsolete? I think it is. I think partly it is. And we have to update it. And Luis Enrique didn't manage to do that. That's a big question then, obviously. If <clears throat> if he's fundamentalist in his belief in the system, which has not worked at this time, can he change? And is it right that he be given the opportunity to change? Or is it actually better for everybody if he goes and has his fundamental, fun, fundamentalist system at a club where he can actually impact it week, week in, week out, day in, day out? Um, a lot of things there. One, I do believe that he, if he had an opportunity to go to the Premier League tomorrow, he will do that. His contract finishes uh, after the World Cup to this World Cup. Uh, but there is no opening. Uh, that's the first one. Secondly, he wants to honour the relationship that he's developed with the, with the president of the federation and, and Molina, the director of football. Um, in that, he says, you know, he will be there all his life. And you know what? There is something to say about some uh, um, learning from mistakes and, and the same manager to continue uh, a project. I, I, I don't have... Um, much opposition to that. And if it's Luis Enrique, even better. But under the condition that he he looks at what's happened and he's more flexible. Uh, he When he went to Barcelona uh, in his first season in January, there's this famous story in that uh, Messi comes back late from holidays with the permission of the club. But then that meant that against Real Sociedad, first game of the year, um, this is the Christmas holidays, he uh, stays on the bench. He didn't like that. Next training session, there's a bit of a clash between Luis Enrique and Messi. And uh, Luis Enrique, his first intuition was like to punish Messi. He gets told, actually, be more flexible, but becomes more flexible, changes some of the perceptions that he had and some of the rules that he has. And Barcelona won everything, Champions League, League, Cup. That flexibility is necessary here now. So if he wants to continue, and the Federation will have to determine that, uh, it's in the Federation's hands, of course. He will have to just come up with with new ideas. Um, but I do feel that um, you have more opportunity to do so, as you just mentioned, at club level. And I would like to see Luis Enrique at club level if he finds he has the energy for it now and 
and uh, and that everything in his life allows him to um, spend time away because he wants to go abroad. He wants to go to the Premier League. Possibly bringing, I'm sure, bringing his family. But that is very very important part of his life, of course. So it's up in the air what happens next. If you ask me, I'm the president of the federation. I would say, okay, Luis Enrique, I'll give you into the Euros because he's in a year and a half. But you have to be more flexible. Uh, how will the Spanish media generally react to this game? Like, will there be a fall guy? Will it be Enrique or Pablo Sarabia for missing the chance at the end, or any of the the three who missed the, the penalties? The first, the first thing. Let me give you the context. You are with Luis Enrique or against Luis Enrique, and most of the press are very much against Luis Enrique because of the way he behaves with the with the media. He's. Uh, I've had the, the best experiences with Luis Enrique. I've got no complaint personally. But I know that, um, for instance, in the uh, in the preview in the press conference just before the game against uh, uh, against Morocco, he picked every question and 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 had a comment on the question, like that's a cliche, that's a stupid question, that's you know you obviously don't know anything about football, which was not necessary. Uh, he was doing it for a reason, I imagine, to absorb all pressure, to distract the attention. I don't know. But obviously, the media who makes the question and have prepared it, and they weren't bad questions, some of them, is like, again, what, what, what do you need to behave like that? So with that in mind, it's that easy to go from there to headlines that says failure and him to be blamed for the failure. Uh, nothing is innocent in this world. So, yeah, there is, there is a lot of criticisms in, in, you know, in Spain, radio shows, the midnight radio shows are huge and they, they set the agenda. So I listened to some of them, and you could see that there was uh, there was payback time, and uh, and there was a lot of, uh, right, it's down to Luis Enrique, it's down to the way he does things. Uh, he doesn't need to be like that. He doesn't need to treat us like that, as if treating the media was relevant to the result. But certainly it's relevant to the, to, to, to the media. And when they have to judge, that stays in the back of their minds. But generally the headlines, yes, it's about, you know, it's another failure. It's, it's the only you accumulate reasons to say that, okay, 2010 was great. But before that, we just couldn't manage to get past the quarterfinals. And uh, and after that, we haven't been able to pass the last 16. So we don't compete well at, 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 at world stage. Why is that? And what do we have to do now to change that? It's in the hands of the Federation again, uh, the alternative to Luis Enrique, which will be more of the same, perhaps a little bit more flexible. It may be Marcelino which is like going to another extreme. Marcelino, former Valencia and athletic club manager, who likes direct, much more direct football, 4-4-2, solid 4-4-2, always 4-4-2, uh, with a couple of um, uh, forwards, a, a tall one and a short one. and uh, It's simple simple football, uh, but mm, likes counter-attack, likes defending deep, and likes to do a lot of things that uh, we haven't done. But I don't know if we have the players for it again. So I'm confused about what has to come next. It's always the, the, the way after a defeat like this where there's a, a national outpouring and an inquest. And, and, and you've been very good with your time. The, the point of um, him being on Twitch, I think, is, is also a bit of a stroke of genius in that it gives the fans access to his actual innermost thoughts without the interpreter in the middle of the media and I suspect that's one of the other reasons why the media are a little bit upset it's like hang on a second how, how are you getting your message out there without us to interpret it so it's a very complicated situation you have at the moment 
Yes, but you made a very good point. Uh, no filters, he says. Yeah, I'll, I'll come to you with no filters. That was his message at the beginning of his Twitch career. And uh, all the money that he was making, and he, he's got like 200,000 followers already. Uh, he, he goes for charity, so we've seen a completely different side to it. I wrote, um, having listened to the all the, <laughs> I must be like 12 hours of twitching that he's done. I did a piece for the uh, for BBC, in which he comes out with, um, you could have gone so many ways. Um, he talks about uh, f- formation, development of players. He, he talks about relationship to his pupils, to his players. He talks about his relationship to football, what's important to him in life. A lot of things that you can get a book out of from from that. But yeah, he was pushing the media side. Um, it was Joe. It was a, a very interesting way of communicating. And and you know what? If the federations of all the nations are brave enough, it's a great way of uh, of getting people engaged. Um, there wasn't much uh, attraction for this national side. There was there wasn't screens in the streets, and uh, there were people weren't meeting in bars. I think partly in a big percentage because it's winter. It's uh, it just just doesn't feel like a, like a World Cup from that point of view. There wasn't in Spain the negative press that you got in the UK and in other parts of the world. Um, I think that's wrong. I think we didn't really analyze the World Cup properly. We just thought it was just a football a football tournament. But in any case, what that meant, plus the winter, plus the fact that the national side um, weren't that attractive, uh, it just meant that there wasn't enough there wasn't enough interest and uh, and. I don't know how much of that plays a part because we are miles away from, from Qatar. But in any case, um, it meant that somehow we needed to get uh, engaged. And Luis Enrique managed to do that in, in, in a big way through through his conversations on, on Twitch. But all the, all the managers should do that. They shouldn't be scared of it. Um, but it's difficult to stop saying certain things so I guess managers prefer just to go to the press conference yeah. uh, avoid that and, uh, and move on Game, you've been great with your time thanks so much and um, we're sorry for your trouble <laughs> <laughs> thank you thanks a million we'll go, we'll go on though exactly <laughs> we've no choice <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, brilliant right. stuff from uh, Game Balga there this morning OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar 